Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How? Then, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? See, this is all the hows. How are they going to call on him that they haven't believed in? How are they going to believe in him if they haven't heard of him? How are they going to hear without a preacher? How is someone going to preach without being sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Keep this place here in Romans 10, but remember, in Exodus 3.8, God laid out for Moses the overall goal of the mission. The mission, Exodus 3.8. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the mission. The goal of the mission is to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. That mission was twofold. There were two parts to it. Number one, to bring them up out of that land. Number two, unto a good land and a large land. The mission was twofold. Number one, it was to bring the Jewish people out of the land of Egypt. Number two was to bring them into the land of Canaan. There were two parts, out of Egypt into Canaan. That was the twofold mission. That's what they had to do. That mission would not be complete until both parts of the goal were accomplished. In order for the mission to have been accomplished, all of the Jewish people had to be brought out of the land of Egypt, and all of the Jewish people had to be brought into the land of Canaan. That's what you would understand when you heard the words if you were Moses. That's what Moses understood when he heard the words of God in verse eight. That's what I understand. The mission is twofold, and in order for the mission to be a success, all of the Jewish people had to be brought out of Egypt, and all of the Jewish people had to be brought into Canaan. Well, first of all, if all of the Jewish people were not brought out of Egypt and into Canaan, then the mission would have been a failure. And if Moses did not bring all of the Jewish people out of Egypt and into Canaan, he would have been a failure. And if Moses would have brought all of the Jewish people out of Egypt and only half or 50% of the Jewish people into Canaan, 
then Moses would have been would have succeeded by 50% and failed by 50%. So we can measure how much Moses succeeded and how much Moses failed by how many Jewish people were brought out of Egypt and brought into Canaan. And let's do the measurement. Let's do the measurement and find out how much Moses succeeded and how much Moses failed. All right? It's very simple. We ask the question, how many of the Jewish people did Moses bring out of Egypt? First part of the mission, all of them. Answer, all of them. Moses brought 100% of all the Jewish people out of Egypt. Millions of Jewish people. Some have estimated 2.5 million. All right? Let's talk about those Jewish people who were above the age of accountability. And let's be very conservative about the age of accountability. We won't say the age of bar mitzvah. We won't say the age of, of 13. Let's be very conservative and we'll say the age of 20. So we'll say, all right, the age of accountability is 20 years old. So out of the two and a half million people, the two and a half million Jewish people, let's say about, I don't know, one and a half million maybe were above the age of accountability of 20 years old. Let's just focus. Let's just focus on those Jewish people who were above the conservative age of accountability of 20 years old, which let's say there were about one and a half million Jewish people like that. So Moses was able to bring out of Egypt 100% of all the Jewish people who were above the age of accountability by one and a half million. Now, if Moses was only able to bring 750,000 of them, or 50%, into Canaan, then Moses would have exceeded by, succeeded by 50%, and Moses would have failed by 50%. I mean, after all, isn't that how we think? I mean, isn't that really what a rescue is all about? I mean, when a firefighter goes in and he says, there are 10 people in that burning building, and he goes in and he risks his life, and the others risk their life, and they go into the building and they come out with five people, what do you think they think? We succeeded by 50%, we failed by 50%. That's what you do. After all, isn't that what the people think? What do you think MacArthur thought? MacArthur thought when he was told, you gotta go evacuate, he says, I gotta evacuate my soldiers from the Philippines during the war with Japan because I gotta leave. And so MacArthur thinks he succeeds or he fails or he measures his success, measures his failure based on the number of men he's able to get out of the Philippines into safety compared to the total number of soldiers that, that, that are there in the Philippines. Now, if MacArthur was not able to get all of his soldiers out, people could say, MacArthur would say, I succeeded and I failed. Even though people would go to MacArthur and they would say, they'd say, don't say that, don't say that. He says, it wasn't your fault. You did the best you can. You did the best you can. MacArthur would never listen. The firemen will never listen. Because MacArthur, the firemen, they always have the same thought. The same thoughts come to their mind. Oh, if I just would have, maybe if I did, what if I thought, oh, if I had just done this, if I had just done that differently, I could have saved some others, and the numbers would have been different. And those of his soldiers that he was not able to rescue, those of the people in the building that the firemen were not able to save, will always weigh on them. They'll always weigh, if the firemen are sensitive and MacArthur's sensitive, they'll always weigh on him. They'll always haunt him because they'll say, 
I could have, if only I should, would have, it could have been. They'll always have these things. And that's what makes MacArthur the great leader. That's what makes a fireman a great fireman. Because they take responsibility for the people they've been entrusted to rescue. It's the same with Moses. It's just the same with Moses. Moses could be rated. Moses rates himself for his success, for his failure, based on the number of Jewish people he's able to bring out of Egypt and into Canaan compared to the total number of people, Jewish people. So now, let's see. Let's do the calculation. Let's do what Moses did in his mind. Let's just see how many of the 1.5 Jewish people who were above the age of accountability that Moses was actually able to bring into Canaan. I mean, how many? Let's find out. How many of the 1.5 Jewish people that Moses was able to see come out of Egypt and go into Canaan? That's the mission. Well, the number is recorded for us in Numbers 14, 28, where God says to Moses, say unto them, as truly as I live, whew, that's about uh, as forceful as you can get when God says, as truly as I live, say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, but your little ones, which you said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. All right, we got the number. So of the one and a half million Jewish people above the age of accountability, only two went into Canaan. That's all, just two. Two names, Joshua and Caleb. You do the calculation. Two divided by 1.5 million. What's the percentage of that? Moses was 0.0001% successful. And Moses had failed 99.9999%. Moses was a 99.999% failure in accomplishing the mission that God had called him to. He had failed to bring in 99.9999% of the Jewish people above the age of accountability into the land of Canaan. And just like MacArthur, there's nothing that anyone could say to Moses to make him feel anything else except a failure. Because Moses looked at 100% of the Jewish people that he led out to Egypt, that he stood on that mountain that God told him to look around and see, and he said, as any good leader would say, if it kills me 
I'll bring all these people into Canaan. I'm giving my life to accomplish God's mission. And in the end, Moses realized that of all those people, all those one and a half million people, uh, Jewish people above the age of accountability, only two, just two. And Moses would have said, I failed, I failed, I failed. And God knew. God knew that that was going to happen. So before Moses set out, God packed into Moses' backpack a very, very special token. Moses, trust me, you're gonna need this token. I've given it to you. And Moses would never forget, as he looked at that token, God sent me. God sent me. Because when Moses would hit the bottom of the pit of discouragement with a huge thud, Moses would need to open up that backpack and look at that token and bring back the memory that that token represented of all the people standing at that mountain and Moses serving God, and Moses would think, God sent me. I've been sent by God. And he would say, I remember God also not just sent me, but he told me he would be with me. Certainly, I will be with thee. That was a very real issue for Moses, the sense of failure. And Moses had to learn the secret taught by Paul that we looked at earlier. We're gonna look at it again now in the full context in Romans 10, 13. There's a whole issue about being sent with God. Look at the whole context and especially the Verse 16, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, good, we want people to be saved. Nice, good, call on the name of the Lord, very good. And then he asked the question, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay, they got to believe so they can call. Next one, and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Okay, so they gotta hear. Okay, they gotta hear so they can believe, all right. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Okay, they have gotta be a preacher so they can hear, so they can believe, so they can call, they can be saved. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Okay, so the preacher's gotta be sent. The preacher is sent, the preacher preaches, the people hear, the people believe, the people call, the people are saved. Okay, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of great joy. Now verse 16. But, huge but, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? But there was a preacher, and the preacher was sent, and the preacher's feet were beautiful. He was preaching the gospel of peace. The preacher was bringing glad tidings of good things. Doesn't that guarantee that the preacher will be a success? But the preacher was sent by God. The preacher was preaching the word of God. The preacher was preaching the gospel of God. The preacher was preaching the gospel of peace. The preacher was preaching glad tidings of good things from God. Doesn't it count? Doesn't it all count to assure that the preacher will be a success and all who hear will respond? That's where the answer is so important. But they, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? That is a big but in Romans 10, 16. The preacher was sent by God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the word of God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the gospel of God, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching the gospel of peace, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. The preacher was preaching glad tidings of good things, but 
they have not all obeyed the gospel. And then Paul said at the end of Romans 10, 16, remember, remember, the first verse of Isaiah 53, Isaiah, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? The great prophet Isaiah, bringing the greatest chapter in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, the center of the Bible, the center of his text, what he's built up to, the great, great report describing the sacrificial death of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the atonement that was made, how by his knowledge, my, his, he as the righteous servant justifies many. And God wants to prepare you. When you look at Isaiah 53, that's our great chapter. We love this chapter. We love to sit down with the Jewish people and say, look at Isaiah 53. Who's it speaking about himself or some other man as the Ethiopian eunuch asked the question and we asked the question too. And Jewish people sometimes will read that and say, well, you gave me out of the New Testament. That's talking about Jesus. No, it's Isaiah 53. It's wonderful, Isaiah 53. And so we want to come to Isaiah 53. Oh, don't forget, Paul says, the first thing that he says is, Lord, who hath believed our report? Why does he say that? God wants to prepare you. You who think that you have the greatest news for the Jewish people, and once they hear, they will respond. Read the first verse. Lord, who hath believed our report? You who have wept, like my wife, she weeps. She can't read the part about when Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem sitting on the donkey and it's a Hosanna, hail, king of the Jews. And it's just a handful and these despising chicks. She can't read it without weeping. I say, why are you crying? It's the greatest scandal ever that the Jewish people don't receive their king. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given from heaven. He's come, God's Emmanuel, God's gift, God's with us. They don't receive him. They despise and reject him. She can't read the passage without crying because she says it's the greatest scandal. And you who think, you who think, and you who think, and you who have wept, you think about Isaiah 53, you weep for the greatest scandal ever of the Jewish people rejecting their king. And now you've read Isaiah 53 and now you think all I have to do is bring them the truth of Isaiah 53. And so to you, verse one is written, who hath believed our report? To you, it's to prepare you. God says, don't forget the words of Isaiah. Don't forget the failure of Moses. Don't forget it. Don't forget the 99.9999% failure. Moses, don't forget it. Last week, we sent off 120 Bible school students, 60 days, 12 weeks, 17 cities. What purpose? Carry the gospel, bring the gospel to the Jewish people. How many? A million. Almost Moses' number. A million, a million. Bring the Jewish people the gospel. Every summer we do this. Our third summer, three million if you want to think of it that way. Doors knocked on. This summer, we look for a million doors. Oh, we prepared them, we flew them, we housed them, we feed them, we transport them, we, we encourage them, we pray for them, we give them all the materials, all the DVDs, the books, the everythings. And so what's gonna happen? Maybe the same number as Moses. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we'll have two. He had two out of 1.5 million. Are you better than Moses? To you, to you, Bible school students, remember, Moses' failure. Remember 
the words of Isaiah 53.1, who has believed our report? For our full-time workers in the in Los Angeles area who every day, nothing but going door, Jewish door to Jewish door, Jewish door to Jewish door. And finally, after a year and a half, one dear Jewish lady on the brink of death, on the brink of death, health issue, on the brink of death, she comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> like I said to him, I says, you're batting better than Moses was. You got a better batting average than Moses did. Moses had two out of 1.5 million. You haven't knocked on 1.5 million. To you, Isaiah 53.1 is written, who has believed our report? To you, Moses' failure. 99.9999% failure. Our team down in Buenos Aires, same thing. Remember Moses. Remember Isaiah 53.1. The team we work with in Lower Galilee in, in Israel, where we sent out 135,000 DVDs, the testimony DVDs, the Jewish people there in, in Israel. We have to remember Moses. Remember the words of Isaiah 53.1. God told the prophet Ezekiel something very, very important. He starts him out, much like he was starting out Moses, in the beginning of his ministry, and he says, Ezekiel, I want you to understand something. Your success is not measured by the response of the Jewish people. It's not measured, Ezekiel, it's not measured by how much they respond to you. That's not an indication of whether or not you have been sent by God. If you like to turn to it, Ezekiel 3, verses four through seven, is very interesting. So Ezekiel says, he says, God said to me, he said, and he said unto me, son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel. That's, just, that's being sent, all right. And speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened to you. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. So God says to Ezekiel here, he says, he says, go, get thee. Very, very important word. For we see this word when God spoke to Abraham. When Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldees, he said, go, get thee out. Go, get thee. Go, get thee. Lech lacha. Very important. Lech lacha, Abraham. Go, go. Same thing he said to Ezekiel. Go, lech lacha. Go, Ezekiel. Go, go, go. Go to the house of Israel. He's being sent. And God says, he says that. And, and then he says, and here's the mission. Here's the mission, Ezekiel. Speak with my words unto them. Not your words, Ezekiel. My words. Speak with my words unto them. So Ezekiel, he knows he's being sent. And so then God, and God knows that Ezekiel knows he's being sent. So God says, all right, no, you are not sent. And he describes the non-Jewish people this way. He says, this is a people, you're not sent to a people of a strange speech, a hard language, but you're sent to the house of Israel. In other words, that's your mother tongue. That's your heart language. They're sent to people of your mother tongue, your heart language. You're sending them, okay. And then he says, and then he goes on to say that, I'm not saying that people don't speak Hebrew. 
not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. He said, I'm not sending you to people you can't even understand what they're saying to you. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. 